Hey, before we get started with the interview, I, I really hope you don't mind, but I actually need to make a quick call. Uh, I'm going to call really quickly uh, Carolyn Dargenio of Uniquely You Inc. Uh, Coaching. Um, you've heard her on the podcast before. She's been the voice of um, Audible. And uh, so I hope you don't mind. Sorry, but I, I will include you on the call. Hello. Hey, Carolyn. It's Eric. How are you? Hi, Eric. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Do, do you have a second? I do. I have a quick question. I uh, I interviewed uh, Yvonne Nardone for this week's podcast, and uh, there were a couple, there were just like maybe two or three swears in the podcast. Do you think I should just bleep it, or do you think uh, I should uh, just give a warning? Um, which words were they? I don't remember. <laughs> And then I think I may have contributed to it once you got going. Uh, <laughs> um, I think you have done the warning thing before. Okay. I'm going to do the warning. Consider do you have to do anything for the podcast itself? Like when you... Um, you know how it's listed. Yeah, I have to make. I have to list it as explicit, um, and I think for uh, for some people, um, they may choose not to listen to that if they have kids around, or they may be a more sensitive listener. I think for some people, they look for those kinds of podcasts and choose those first. Either way, people know that listener discretion is advised. Hey, Carolyn. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. Oh, it's tomorrow. I know. I do it again. I, I'm a day early. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I have this one friend who every year is a day early. Um, here's the thing. I mean, the, the best part about your show is its authenticity. And this interview was authentic still, I'm sure. And some people authentically swear. Word. <laughs> right? I mean, so you I mean... You're you're doing the wise thing by just putting it out there that people have the right to choose. Awesome. It was like Christmas or something, and we just wound up doing one together, and it was just such a blast, and it turned out so well. He's like, I can't imagine doing it without you, because he won't go out and do anything. Yesterday, we did two podcasts, and it was like way better than going to a movie, you know? And I'm frugal. I'm, I'm extremely cheap. I'm obsessively cheap. And so I'm like, we just saved like, you know, 25 bucks going to the movies, you know, where we wouldn't talk to each other. And we'd just sit in a seat and be uncomfortable and buy overpriced popcorn. You know, to us, it, it brought us closer and it's an activity that we get together and we talk about. ADHD Rewired, episode number 70. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. We know that starting can be the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me thank our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Groups. To find out about the next ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com.
Hey everyone, really quick, if you have a tendency to not listen through to the very end, which was fine, um, I would highly, highly recommend that you listen through to the end um, on this one, uh, at least up until the random question round at the very end. Um, I talk with Yvonne um, about um, anxiety and uh, mindfulness, and we kind of go into uh, go into some some strategies about uh, managing anxiety and and mindfulness, um, sort of in depthly. Um, so we kind of re- bring that conversation back towards the end, maybe the last. 10-ish minutes or so. Uh, So I would really encourage you to listen through all the way to the end, but let's start with the beginning. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of ADHD Rewired. I am here in the virtual ADHD Rewired studios with my guest, Yvonne Nardone, the better half of Tom Nardone. Yvonne, I'm so happy that you were on. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, the last time I tried to have you on, I uh, I was in a last ditch effort because I was like the end of the week and I was like, crap, I don't have anyone to interview. So I, yeah, you know, I reached so, out to, yeah. to Tom and, and he was saying you, you already took your medication and that you were zonked yeah. out. And, <laughs> I, was, was and out. I was trying to convince him to wake you, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> so he, he knows cer- there are certain boundaries and lines to not cross with you. So it sounds oh, like no. you, in no, some no. domains, Yvonne, you have him well trained. Yes, yes, he he definitely follows them through. Um, yeah, as far as sleep goes with me, yeah, uh, you know that whole thing led to separate bedrooms. Was partially it was mostly sleep, let, let, and me getting rattled, and I'm intolerant of people bothering me when I sleep. So, and, and if you go back, I don't remember what <laughs> episode. Because I can't sleep. I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, Tom and I talked about uh, Married with Separate Bedrooms. That was the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Just in case you're new to the podcast, um, I want to welcome you. And um, if you don't know who Tom Nardone is, Tom is a, is a blogger and has a podcast, uh, The Tom Nardone Show. Um, it should be The Tom and Yvonne Show. But that's, you know, <laughs> so Yvonne. she lets me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so between, you know, as we were kind of saying, I think you are, you're, you're I, I'm the star of the show because if it weren't for, I mean, here's the way I describe the show, Yvonne, to other people that I feel like you guys are having, that we're listening to a conversation that we really shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're, can't, we, we talk like we talk normally. We and, don't, and we I don't love it. Back. And I love it. It's, it's so genuine and authentic and funny. And, um, so I, I just think it's, it's great. And I think that, um, you know, I think that having a, a partner in life kind of helps us do better things in life. So, yeah. um, you know, on, on behalf of Tom, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, this isn't all about Tom. Um, you know, I want to, I want to give no, you. It is. it is all about Tom. <laughs> Cause he's Mr. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to know about you though. I really want to know about sure. kind of you, your, your upbringing. Um, cause, uh-huh. cause both of you guys have ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. like, like many of us, mm-hmm. you, you didn't know that you had ADHD until no. what point? No, um, actually my son was bipolar. And I had been just reading so much because there's so much comorbidity and so forth that goes along with, um, you know, are they ADHD or are they bipolar and, and trying to differentiate the two. And I'm like, I'm totally ADHD. I mean, I was just reading, you know, the bipolar child was a book. If anybody has a kid with uh, bipolar, it's a wonderful book. 
And um, that's how I kind of diagnosed myself with, you know, I already had depression and anxiety, but didn't realize that ADHD was a big part of that, you know, that, mm. uh, that real uh, another comorbidity, you know, to what's going on in my head. <laughs> Not, nothing but crazy going on over here. As uh, my, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, with uh, I interviewed Paul Gilmartin from the Mental Illness Happy Hour, and, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, I love that! Yeah, uh, such a good podcast. He's great. I, I went on and started listening to his stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good, and it's, yeah. it's 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 always so fun when you discover like a, a new podcast, but it's been out for a while, so you can do like uh-huh. a lot of binge listening to it. Yeah, I did. I, I totally binged on it. Yeah. And he talks and, about you know it's 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 very uh, candidly about oh things. it's very candid. But he, he uses the <laughs> phrase as, you know it's all the battles in our head. Um, uh-huh. you know, so ADHD, as we know, often comes with friends, you know, these aren't always our, mm-hmm. our these aren't always good friends, but they're friends nonetheless of, mm-hmm. you know, bipolar, anxiety, depression, learning mm-hmm. disability, dyslexia, um, OCD, you know, so yeah. all, all of those yeah. different, mm-hmm. uh, what I call friends, um, ADHD often does not travel alone. Yes. Yeah. It has, it has a friend. It's my, <laughs> my dark, my, what is it? Dexter says my dark, uh, passenger. You know, <laughs> so how does the how does that dark passenger interplay with uh, you and and your ADHD and because um, you know th- there is often that question is what is it and when you're having these challenges in life it's like well is it this is it that and when when emotional self regulation is actually a component of mm-hmm. ADHD oh it's huge. Uh, so yeah. so how do you differentiate and what's your understanding of how how do you kind of tell the difference between ADHD and and Bipolar. Bipolar, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, um, really what, you know, I started mixing with cocktails because I, yeah, I had gone through some trouble, some really like, like like rum and coke. Um, Um, No more trouble than that. Like uh, I, I, I got locked up a couple times um, in the old mental facility um, with the depression. Okay. So uh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. I went manic actually. I I stayed up till like, uh, I was staying up all night, sewing, refinishing furniture and went out and got three jobs and then couldn't sleep. Okay. And so I was afraid I was going to like night quill myself to death because I was trying to get to sleep and stuff. So I wound up going into a mental hospital, which was really, I met some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life in the mental hospital. I mean, they were funny. I mean, and I was manic and I laughed. I, 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 I laughed so much I'd sweat through my clothes and have to change my clothes and take a shower because that's all I did was laugh because I was wow. so mad. Wow. You know, it was so crazy. But we really didn't address the ADHD part of it. It was just trying to get me out of mania, you know, because it, it's very uncomfortable. It's, like mania is like great. Like you feel like a superhero and you can do anything you want to do. But then there's that double-edged sword. You can't sleep and you also have terrible anxiety that goes along mm. with it. It's got to be know. exhausting. Oh, 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 it was, you know, and I lost all kinds of weight, you know, you just, you're eating, everything just changes, you know, with that. But um, I finally kind of my second hospitalization, or was it my third, it might have been my third, after my mother died, um, I kind of said, you know, listen, you know, I'm just as much ADHD as I am bipolar, you know, because we don't want to give you a stimulant, Mm -hmm. if you have a chance, you might go manic, but I'm bipolar too which the tendency is just to be depressed, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. for longer periods of time and have just little hypomania where you just kind of get irritated. or And, and just so people know, um, not bipolar 
two as an also, but bipolar number two. Um, number two, yeah. Right. And uh, it's, yeah. it's a little brain trick just for my the way I sure. the way I learned to remember that when I was going through mm -hmm. my, my clinical training because like sure. couldn't they come up with a better name to one and two? One so, and two. So, I know, so, all these crazy <laughs> psychologists out there that you I know, know really it's cool so, names for stuff. And so two is blue, and two one, is blue, and one yeah. is fun. One is fun because yeah. like because like the mania. I had, I had one. Ones are awesome. Ones <laughs> incredible, you know. And I used to have good ones, and I used to get be incredibly productive, you know. But as I got older, it just kind of turned into just two. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it was getting on the right cocktail for me was huge, and I've been on at least thirty different medications wow. trying to get it trying to get it together and i've got like i'm like an old lady i've you know i am older but like and I have, you just like, celebrated a birthday what's that you just celebrated a birthday yeah i'm 49 now so going on 50 happy birthday I, yeah thank you thank you um but i have this pill box it's like you know the 24 day pill box and i fill them all up and it you know it's like stressful for me to manage medication because i'm add mm -hmm. and you know getting prescriptions filled and get them filled on time and organizing all that i mean that's a, a ordeal in itself so mm -hmm. i try to make sure that i get 90 day refills and you I know can, try i can, to I can so relate to that it, it's just it's just nuts trying to just deal with medication you know my nightstand is like you know, Elvis, you know, I just, it's just, I feel like I'm Elvis because all the stuff that I have to take uh, just to function. And, uh, and I still deal with anxiety, but uh, I just now went on a, uh, I was on regular Concerta that I was taking for the ADHD, which really helped. But uh, I went ahead and I've gotten with a therapist, which I always thought was a bunch of hooey therapists were Freudian following people that it's a bunch of baloney all these yeah, a bunch of baloney <laughs> yeah and uh so i finally i said i need a therapist and so i i went to her and she actually helped me get on more adhd medicine because i, I was uh dipping you know i was wearing off mm -hmm. and i was starting to hate being at work and getting unorganized in my thoughts and what, what helped you, you know? move beyond from the, the 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 mindset of you know therapists are fooey and and seeking that help i was just desperate i, desperate. I just desperate yeah. just nothing you know i you know it, it's it's not fun to be in the hospital i mean it's like prison beds they blow an air conditioner on you they stick a needle in your arm at five o'clock in the morning and then throw a blood pressure cuff on you you know you get you get coffee but it's decaffeinated <laughs> you know you sit in these you sit in these conference chairs that's the only chairs that there are to sit in they're plastic there's nowhere comfortable to sit. You watch the same television shows that everybody watches. They're all on video. It's so old, you know, but they're charging you thousands of dollars a day to be there, you know. Um, but it, it's it's just a, a really dismal place to be. Um, and nobody wants to go there by choice. But, you know, unfortunately, I had to go, yeah. you know, because it was kind of dangerous for me not to go um, and, and all that. But, you know, and uh and and you're around a lot of people that have s severe problems that are scary, mm -hmm. scary issues, you know, too, that you go, well, why am I in here? Boy, they, <laughs> you know, they, they've got a whole lot worse than I do, you know, and everything like that. So, yeah, you know, I just, I wanted to stay out of the hospital. I wanted to stay better and not relapse. And so going to a therapist, you know, really kind of helped me realize that, you know, helped me with self-confidence, things like that. Are you still seeing a therapist? 
Yes, I do. I do. I, I, I like her. I told her she's all a bunch of, she's, I, I don't like therapists. I think they're a bunch of hooey. And, and, you know, she, she thought I had sleep apnea and I was like, no, it's ridiculous. And I think she's ADD because she's got stuff all over her office. It's just, it's just messy and it's disorganized and it drives me crazy. That's, it's that's funny. That, yeah. It's busy in her office. You know, my, my office busy. has been that way for a long time. I, 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 yeah. uh, I redid my whole office uh, about, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And amazingly, like I, ha- I don't have any piles still. Like I, I, I know it's not going to last. I know the piles are yeah. going to come back it's at some point. Back. It will. Yeah. I mean, it's it's completely inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I'm I'm on a really good streak here. Yeah, I mean, it looks. I, nice. I know I have something. I don't know if you could see it. I wish my me. therapist's office looked that good. No, but I often. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. She, she over decorates too. So over decorates. Yeah, over decorates with too much foo foo stuff all over the place. You okay. Know? Yeah. So colors and color schemes upset me i don't know if that's an add thing is that you know not liking like busy wallpaper and busy things it can be it can be i tend to like things very more minimal mm -hmm. you know every every couch i buy is brown you know everything is beige everything is just you know one color i I wear very plain colors i don't you know i don't wear busy clothes was it was it on your guys show where you said that your favorite color was brown Tom says it all the time that my favorite color is brown. Well, it, it's funny because when he was saying that, you know, no one's favorite color is brown. It's not, y- but Yvonne, everything my favorite brown. color is brown. I love brown. It, it's, okay, it's rock on. Er, it's earth tones. It's, you know, mo- it's earth tones. I know, it's nature. <laughs> like all my clothing is in like the brown family or like the blue family because you can you yeah, can do that together. Goes good with it. Yeah. I have no ability to like put together something that matches like on my own. Um, so I have to make sure that my my wardrobe will work no matter what I put together. And I still manage oh. to screw it up sometimes. When my mother was OCD and uh, she used to make me little uniforms um, and she could sew and she would do anything you wanted to do. So I, I told her I like knickers and this was in the 70s. And so she made me like knickers and suit jackets and little turtlenecks. And it was like American Psycho when you open my closet because they're all lined up just perfect. These little suits and these turtlenecks and these. And she, I even had a cap that I'd wear. I'd look like I was out of a Dickens novel. That sounds I, so nerdy. It was, I, oh, it was a complete nerd. I wanted to be a boy for one thing. You know, every picture of me, it's like, who's that boy in that picture in the 70s? You know, I'm always wearing like a tank top or something like that. You know, some kind of or a baseball cap on my head, you know, constantly. Yeah, but I was, yeah, I was right out of a Dickens novel. My mother, you know, she just let us do whatever we wanted to do. So she was all for it. You know, she's very supportive in our weirdness, you know. So, you know, I was listening to uh, your, your episode yesterday um, as you guys were talking about the your, the tree incidents. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's only for you guys is that like just a, a it makes great fodder for it's, just I, it's dealing with tom is so hard when something happens like that because it just crushes him and he just can't deal with it and he has to because i can't do it because i'm not strong enough so um you know and he fights it and fights it why do we have to even do anything with the tree why don't we just leave it in the front yard i'm like it'll kill the grass you know it, it, it and, he, and he looks at that association you know it, it looks like the Rockefeller center you know tree fell in our front yard um pretty much and i know when you said to him that well it's going to kill the front lawn he looked at that as like great i don't know i don't yeah. have to mow <laughs> yeah i'm like no we have to buy a new sod you know 
like he doesn't value he doesn't take value in, in horticulture and i was a horticulture major at one time so i and i was a landscaper so you know that kind of stuff is important to me how do you, you know, deal with that really, what's that how, how do because i know you guys banter about it on the show but like uh-huh. you know when when the mics are off and i know that it's uh-huh. your the, the show is it's pretty real conversation i, I know that but yeah. like from from you like is it from an emotional standpoint like uh-huh. how, how is it for you? That that? He doesn't care about the things that I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, I, I, you know, when we we're first married, he tried to please me all the time. So you know, I'd get truckloads of mulch, and we'd have parties, and we call it mulch madness. And I'd buy like twelve cubic yards, which is a lot, which is bigger than a regular dump truck. And uh, and he was thought I was crazy, but it, I love mulching, and it just like makes me so happy. And he, you know, he 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 cries and moans the whole time before we do it. But once we get into doing something, he's great. But he'll tr- sometimes he'll try to invent new ways of doing things, and I'm like, no, this is it, because he tries to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, he was trying to. He noticed that a fitting on the mic thing might work as a tripod tripod for something. And I'm like, this is not what we're doing right now, Tom. We're doing a podcast. You're not inventing <laughs> something right now, you know. So we, we got to move on, you know. But that's so, that's so the ADHD brain of, of always looking for novel, I you know, so, uh, novel uses for different things. I mean, it's I feel, yeah. I feel like my brain is like constantly stuck like in that mode. Smart. Yeah. It's something sparkly, like you want to turn the the spreader for the fertilizer into some kind of mulch mechanism, you know, and I'm like, it won't work. And it's, you know, it's just, you're trying to make it easier for yourself, but just, just do it, just do the work, you know, but you know, he can't really wrap his head around that, you know, too well. So luckily uh, as our child got older, his friends got older, so it got a little easier to get help, but I'm basically planned out and poured a concrete slab in the backyard and put a basketball hoop up and that solved a lot of the yard problems so um (laughs) a lot of it was just i I landscaped around tom's ineptitude so i knew that everything (laughs) out there i can do myself like i got my own pole saw chainsaw and i remember last year i was standing on top of his suv limbing branches off the neighbor's tree with a giant pole chainsaw and limbs are coming down and I, one of the branches came down hit me in the eye and it gave me a black eye. And, um, he's like, you're forbidden from using that thing again. Not now he won't go out and use it and help me out with it, but he'll forbid me from doing things. Well, that's not, that's not right. He'll forbid me from doing things that are dangerous because he's afraid I'm going to get hurt, but he so, won't help me do it. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> So it's like I'm stuck time. between a rock and a hard place. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and after that incident, actually, I was kind of wary of you know, using a pole chainsaw. I'm like, what age am I? You know, I'm not 20. I need to, you know, chill out. But do you love doing that kind of stuff? Like, do you, you find oh, I'm, fun? I'm a, yeah, I'm an animal. I, I just, I love hard work. Hard work has always been one thing that's always gotten me through. That's what made up for my ADHD is that I was such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And, that's what compensated for me not having good written communication skills, um, not being very organized. The fact that I was such a hard worker and so productive, it, it helped me get promoted, helped me, you know, move along um, in my career and so forth um, just because I'm a hard worker. And there, there is so much to be said about hard work. I mean, it's, yeah. And I think especially when, when you have ADHD or you have, you know, whatever, Whatever it is that you that makes doing things just more challenging, 
having that sense of self-determination, having that, um, that, that want to, to, to be successful, to, to grow. Um, you know, for me, I th- I, one, I think it builds character. I know for me, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of like that, that idea of ADHD time that you have to work twice as hard for half the results. And, and as a woman, you have to do it too, mm. you know? So I had the woman thing too, cause I'd be the only woman in a staff meeting, you know, it'd be all men and I'd be the only woman and I got ADHD on top of it, you know? So it was always double. I always had to be twice as good. Mm. you know, in order to get, you know, where men got, it's, it's, it's different now. Things have changed in the last 20 years, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's much easier for women to move up and so forth. Now that glass ceiling is, is, has been broken a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, you know, being ADHD, you know, I, you know, I actually, one of my managers, one of my bosses diagnosed me ADHD as well. Um, he's cause his wife was, and he says, you're ADD, you know, and Tom, it worked for me at one time. That's how we met. And, so what was uh, that like working with like, so, and you still are well, his boss technically, aren't you? I'm still, I'm the boss of the house. Actually I am at work, but it, sometimes they put them in my department and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to give him a work list. You know, it's just, I just have to take that day and just chuck it and just say nothing's getting done in my department because Tom's scheduled there, but they never schedule us at the same time in my department and any of my departments, you know, it's just, you know. He's just there. And I know that he's just going to take care of the customers and that's fine with me. You know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm glad I work with him in the same store. You know, it's nice to have a, you know, a person that's on your side, that's definitely on your side, you know, not, mm-hmm. you know, Trump blue. And he, you know, he's got an ear out for me as well, you know, at work. So he can tell me what's going on when I'm not there too. Mm-hmm. So that's good too. But it was funny. Our, our meeting, our first meeting, it's, um, he uh, had heard that I was coming to run a, I was going to come in and run as a night manager and he had just moved to nights because he didn't like his review. And so, and a lot of it was his ADD, you know, that, you know, gave him the bad review, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily the person, but he said, if you think I'm going to work for that bitch, you got another, another thing coming. <laughs> yeah. Because I was known as being like a pit bull you know, because, you know, I didn't listen to people. I shouted orders. I, you know, I was like, rah, rah, get this done, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a drill sergeant, you know. And so when he met me, it was, it was just, but almost instantaneously loved the guy. He said <laughs> to me, he came up to me and he was driving a forklift and he, he said, you know what they call that thing that the paper that you put on a toilet, they call it a paper ass gasket, you know, and right there he had me at paper ass gasket, you know. That, that was my moment, you know, but I really dig this guy, you know, and, and another girl was like, you know, that Tom guy you guys are strange, so lucky. Really like him. You guys are so lucky that you found each other. Yeah. It, it's a miracle that I found somebody, you know, he's a lot like my father in a lot of ways, except he has better work ethic. You know, he takes care of, you know, he has a better sense of responsibility. And, Tom does and or your dad did? Tom does. Okay. Tom does much more. So, you know, and, and being a responsible father and so forth like that. Cause my father, it was like uh, going out with a kid that had his driver's license and I was the adult in the situation. Mm. You know? How do you think that affected you? Just like, even now as an adult how, growing up with the, with the dad like that, and is, is your, is your dad still around? No, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but we really had, he was a toxic person, toxic mm. relationship. So I really hadn't had a relationship with him since, a real, real relationship with him since I was like 13 years old. Mm. 
I kind of went through puberty and kind of, kind of said, you know, enough's enough. I kind of mm-hmm. outgrew my father, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, you know, and then friends were more important than seeing him on Sundays, you know, in his wrecked up car with trash all in it. You know, mm. it's a lot like Tom's car. You know, <laughs> there's so many things that are parallels are much like my father with music and creativity because he was a videographer and uh, did the uh, uh, public access television and did comedy and mm-hmm. did uh, he, he was a liberal talk show host and I'm a conservative. So we would always banter are you? Are, are you? Yeah. Okay. I, the worst thing I, would, I ever I wouldn't said have to thought. Father, okay. Yeah. I, worst thing, I'm more of a libertarian, actually. But um, that I could see. Um, but it was funny because my father, I spent my time in bars because he was playing in polka bands and bars all the time in Cleveland. And so, you know, I'm sitting at the bar stool drinking my, you know, um, Shirley Temple. And this guy says, What do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, A stockbroker. And my father <laughs> took me out to the car and read me the riot act. A stockbroker. What kind of creativity, you know, is there in a stockbroker? They're not creative, you know. Creativity is number one. That you know, that's how you rule your life. You know, you have to be creative. Money huh. doesn't matter. You know, he was a socialist, and so you know, Upton Sinclair was like his hero. So you know, he just uh, it was a very interesting, highly intelligent. You know, did a lot of stuff and never made a dime in his life. You know, so. Mm. It was it was uh, interesting. He could run out of gas, you know, and so, stuff. So you you married someone who also apparently does not care about money. Yeah, he doesn't care about money, but he knows it's important that he gets. He knows that my expectation is that he have a job and be responsible, and he does. He does that. He well, takes on that burden. And the, the reason I bring this up, you know, and that's his, his only requirement for me <laughs> is to just have a job. Yeah, because if yeah, if he if he scoofed around like my dad did, it wouldn't be there. The relationship wouldn't be there mm-hmm. because I, that's something that I highly value. Mm-hmm. Is work ethic? Work ethic is extremely important to me. And my father didn't have work ethic. So Tom wrote a book. He he wrote and yeah. published a book. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. that's that's incredible. And oh, I'm still stuck on page fourteen. I. Uh... <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, because you don't read. Yeah, you know it's not that I I go through waves. I, I go I and I will read it, and I'm 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 committing in in, in the, my coaching group that I'm going to read uh, his book, and but when I talk, it's talked really to, a good book. I, that's what that's what everybody tells me to read because I kind of see the inside mind of what what's going on in the kid's head. And when I ask him, it's a lot of it sad. But when I asked Tom like about how book sales are, he's like I, he has no idea. he's doing nothing to promote he wants to be famous that's all he wants to be is famous so okay so i doesn't care about money all right yvonne i need your help here okay sure so this is between you and me and anyone else who's listening and everyone Uh, else in the world right okay so i'm trying to help tom see that if he promotes his book a little bit and he Mm -hmm. if he makes some money with his book that can actually help increase the ability to for more people to read his book and then help more people. Yes. How do I convince him of this? That's a motivation for him is helping other people. And so I think if you expound about the helping other people part of it, that will get him going more. Because like I, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, because I think Tom, as I've gotten to know him, he has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I think He's I've ever met. He's one of the most helpful people I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. He actually helped me and my ex-husband move, you know. 
<laughs> we've known each other a lot of years. It took us a long time to get together. So, um, you know, we had a lot of experience. But, he, yeah, he, he introduced me to Napster and my ex-husband to Napster and, you know, my family. And he, he taught did, me did how you to say Napster. Yeah, Napster. Like the music download thing? The music that, download uh, thing. Yeah, that's how long. That, that just brought long. me back to college. Yeah, I know. That's wow. how long we've known each other. But uh, we didn't get together for a few years, you know, because I finally got divorced and he got divorced. And, you know, he called me up, I think, within days of his wife leaving him and, and profounced his love for me. And I said, there's no way in hell I'm going out with you. You're a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and how did he and convince you? And we oddly you? found chemistry. We oddly found chemistry. We tried it. It took some wine, but um, it uh, it worked. It worked. And so he got me. Um, he tried really hard. He really put on all the, all he did, he put on all the stops. He, he, you know, I mean, I bought him a pair of shoes so I could go out in public with him. And I told him he couldn't wear sweatpants with penny loafers and without what, socks. What's, what, what's wrong with that? Well, it's okay, Eric. It's all right if you do. <laughs> D- does he wear socks and sandals? No, he doesn't. He does. You do that. I can I, see. You I totally, that. I totally wear socks and sandals. Is it like a Birkenstock kind of socks and sandals kind of thing? Something like that. I mean, yeah, I can it, see that. I can see I that. No, I have no fashion sense. Like I, I would, I would but like the socks to. Are white? Are they sometimes are they brown? Sometimes? I've done both. My, yeah. My recently, my sister gave me a hard time because I was, um, I was wearing shorts with um, uh-huh. with sneakers and like blue socks. Are, yeah, are, you not, not are you not supposed to do that? No, you're not. I mean, I was no, thinking because like, there's, there's blue in my shoes. So well, uh, I cured I cured that for Tom because Tom had that issue. So what I did was I threw away all <laughs> the socks and I bought gray tube socks. So that's the only thing he has the option that he has to wear is gray tube socks. So I leave him no option. So because socks are a big deal to me. So um that's how I kind of cured that thing was I just give no option. Then we have underwear amnesty day where you throw away all your old underwear and I bring you new underwear and I don't want to see it. Is that a national holiday? Cause if it's, it's not, it should be. It, it's, it's a holiday. It's usually after Christmas sometime when I got a little Christmas money and I'll just buy, you know, buy socks, brand new socks and say, give me all the old ones or give me all the new old underwear. Well, I don't really want it. I want it go in the trash. I don't want it to go through me, you know, I do it with my son. I do it with Tom. And you know, so have you have you seen some of these wear. um some of these like membership based uh, uh things where like I'm uh, I think it's the the Dollar Shave Club where like every like month or two months I get like new razors. So it's like I don't have to think about it. It's just like set. There should be like a Dollar Underwear Club. Yeah, yeah. Where you <laughs> where you get a new new pair, and it kind of reminds you. Because I mean, I was folding laundry, and I, I'm folding this underwear, and it looks like it's not holding anything in because there's <laughs> so many holes in it. I mean, you're gonna get hurt, you know. And so, you know, I just uh, I threw them away. But you know, so the underwear amnesty thing kind of cures that thing, that whole thing of me just kind of raking just fresh slate, you know, for everybody, same color, n- no white. No white, absolutely no white. You know, I'll change him up. I'll switch him from boxers to you know whatever. He'll wear anything because he's too lazy to to be fashionable on his own. So he actually dresses quite nicely because I buy him nice Goodwill stuff and nothing busy that'll that'll clash with my couch because I don't like busy. And he sits on the couch on the chair all the time. 
And so it, it drives me crazy. So I have to buy him clothes that don't clash, that don't drive me crazy. Because he had these Mountain Dew pants that had Mountain Dew all over him. He's wearing them all over the house. And it was like bad wallpaper. And it was just like, it was just ruining the whole aesthetic of my house, what he was wearing. So I threw him away and he's still, he's still sour and bitter about that. <laughs> but I had like friends and family. I said, do not buy him anything but plaid. I can deal with plaid because he wears uh, pajama pants everywhere where we go out. And he wears pajama pants. Like we went to a store, a, st- a staff meeting that he had to go to. It was a store function and we went together and he wore pajama pants with me and so and i'm like a manager and he just you know he doesn't care he's like can i wear pajama pants i'm like i don't care i don't give a shit just just wear whatever you're gonna wear because i don't want to have an argument you know i know you got khakis up there but you know they're probably dirty so you know (laughs) how's he doing with his laundry is he does he wash his pants anymore i i don't know and i don't ask i don't it's don't ask don't tell policy on uh washing the clothes but i do the expiration date on the shirts and i make them change the shirts so he apparently does i quit about three years ago i said because i can't keep up with laundry it's my add i can't i can't manage it i can barely manage my own laundry i said you guys you guys are on your own i need the washing machine on this certain day i need the laundry room otherwise it's all yours and so they do their own thing and it's uh, it's usually a big pile or a mess or Usually you can't walk through the room in here without laundry, but he's got a system now, I think, now going like a three laundry basket, a shirt, pants, underwear, socks kind of thing going with laundry baskets. And he's got two nice full walk-in closets, and I don't even have that, and he can't keep it together. It, it, it's definitely it's, – it's been – it seems like it's been better from what I've seen on, when, we're, when we're doing a video call uh, together. It's uh, yeah. it's often looks – I mean, it used to look like it should be condemned. Now it's mm-hmm. it's looking more like it's just It a looks mess. like Hoarders, like an episode of Hoarders when you walk in here. Usually, I, know, I know he's working on it, though. It's kind of clean now, yeah. I mean, for Tom, it's pretty clean. But there's still construction stuff from the studio. There's nails on the floor. There's sawdust and – and he ruins every vacuum cleaner I ever gets. So I don't let him touch it. So I just say to hell with it. You well, can live in a Yvonne, it's, it's, it's all about, it's about progress, not perfection. Um, but what I need to do really quickly is just uh, jump sure. in to take a quick break and we'll be yep. right back. Support for this podcast comes from Audible. For a free audiobook download, go to ericktivers.com slash audible. For a link for that free download and for some hand-picked recommendations, go to erictibbers.com slash audible for your free audiobook download. Zoom video conferencing is so easy to use that with all the extra time I saved not having to configure complicated settings, I recorded this promotion. Support ADHD Rewired and check out Zoom video conferencing. Go to erictivers.com slash Zoom. Again, that's erictivers.com slash Zoom. Get a Zoom room. And we are back with Yvonne Nardone. Uh, I, I, I could probably sit and just listen to stories about Tom all day long. I, mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to, uh, you know, uh, Carolyn Dorgenio. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. um, and, great. and we were talking about Tom 
And um, I, I was talking with her uh, during a, a couple of weeks ago. I was kind of I was having some kind of high anxiety, and mm-hmm. I don't remember how it kind of came up. But she just says, "You know, Tom is so good for you." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And <laughs> and, and like Pigpen was for for <laughs> Charlie Brown, you know? <laughs> no, it's and what she says, it just like it it. I forgot the words that the the actual phrase she used, but it was just something about how like he just lightens me up a bit, and um, yeah, and he, he's she said he's good for my spirit, whatever kind of that means. But I yeah. I kind of agree, you know. It's, yeah, he really is. I, I enjoy I enjoy Tom. I'm glad that we've become friends. No, he's um, a kind person. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, at, really... at first I really did not know what to make of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the way I felt like at first, like, you know, we don't know about this guy, but you know, I kind of like him anyway, you know, he kind of grows in like a, like a fungus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember at lunch break, we'd go to waffle house and he would never bring money and he, cause he's incredibly cheap. So I'd always buy and always feel obligated to buy him something. And so he, he was in his twenties. So he put like, uh, like eight mayonnaise packets on his French fries and, start pouring mustard and ketchup all over it and it looked like a, the most insidious mess you've ever seen in your life and you know it was just disgusting you know but you know it's just but i still liked him anyway you know it was hard to think about dating him mm-hmm. at the time when we we're going to date um with the whole food thing has changed now but uh you know so you know yeah there's a there's a part that's kind of hard to take with tom but if you can get past that you know but what um, I lo- but I, what I love about Tom is his I mean it's like it's radical acceptance. I mean he mm-hmm. he accepts more than he probably should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know and I think I look at, at acceptance and then you guys were kind of talking about this on your recent episode of the podcast as it doesn't mean you're not going to do anything about it. It means you understand it and mm-hmm. you know what you have to do about it. Yeah, I know that I have to go through a terrible fight. I have to go through this. I know I have to go through Tom's grieving process, all this stuff before he has to take action on something, you know, and I have to suffer. And that's, 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 yeah, it's a ding in our marriage for sure. You know, it, it, you know, it's tough to have to have someone that has to go through that many transitions and not just a get it done kind of guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, let's get a plan. Let's get it done. Let's get it done now. You know, and he's like, oh, my God, no, it's too much for me. It gets overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm, and can't mm-hmm. do it. But I'm like, you know, you have to do it. It's, it's a fire drill for me. You know, it, he doesn't take it that way. So besides, no, I, what I don't want to know is the, the, the honeydew list because uh, he, he won't do that anyways. No. Well, from your perspective, mm-hmm. and I know that Tom would be fine with me asking you about oh, this. Sure. Um what do you think Tom needs to work on? Well, let me back up actually a little bit. What do you think about Tom joining my coaching group? I think it's, I think if he puts the work in, but also I think it might be an excuse not to do other things around the house. Interesting. So that's like, 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 so he's like joining he already this- stated the tree thing <sighs> is going to get in the way of his group activities. And so now he's not going to be able to deal with the tree because he already has this game plan set for himself of things that he has to do. I'm said, I'm sure Eric works in contingency problems. Like what if you had to go to the hospital if your car breaks down, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that, that Eric doesn't say, well, you have to do this stuff. Absolutely. You know, and you can't do anything that comes up, you know, 
you know, just spontaneously that you have to deal with in life, you know, because that's a part of ADHD is transitioning, you know, being able to do that transition to, Oh, I'm sorry. My plans changed. Yeah. I've got to deal with the change of plans. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, um, I was on Facebook, uh, yesterday or two days ago and I was on someone's, someone's uh, page came through my feed and it was for, for a coach, um, not in the ADHD realm, but just in the kind of business coaching and had, uh, you know, the, that, that Nike slogan, the just do it. And, um, for me and a lot of other people, I think with ADHD find that really irritating. Because, irritating, but it is kind of true. So I, so I, yeah. I was thinking about this and, and if someone else can cr- kind of create this and then post it on, on the ADHD rewired page, it'd be great. So take, imagine that the, the slogan, just do it cross out the word just so it's you can still see the word just but cross it off then mm-hmm. put just do it comma anyways because yeah, i anyways, i, I yeah. think because that I think, makes sense because to me it's like a, i think the, the word just it it's one of these minimalizing words that 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 kind of takes the the how hard something actually is um mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of disvalidating um yeah it so, is you're right because if it's if it was just that easy, I would have just already done it. You know, it's... yeah, I would, I would have just lost 80 pounds, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just do it. Yeah. It's yeah. You can, you know, and there, there's truth to it, you know, but at the same time, I think that that's just, it's one of those sneaky words. Mm-hmm. No, you're right about that. You're so right I think about it's the, just the do, do it, it anyway. So, and even though it's hard, even though it's boring, even though it's scary, just get started, you yeah. know, or, but you know, get started, you know, how do you, how do you, cause that's, a, he just needs getting started and that's the hardest part. It's starting. Right. Yes, that's right. That's, that's for right. Me. For that's, me, it's the hardest mm-hmm. part is getting started, you know, cause I find myself at work and I, I just spin and spin and spin mm-hmm. and spin. And then I go, hold on, just do this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then, then you, then you'll do the next thing and then you'll do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And he, here's, here's how I would do it because I'm kind of removed from, from the problem. I just see it, you know, virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take a picture of that, that, uh, that tree, right. Mm-hmm. Then I would uh, put it into a program like sketch where you can annotate, uh, annotate the picture. Mm-hmm. I would then divide it up in maybe five, six, seven s- sections and have each section be like a day of what you're going to actually like work on, on, chopping up or whatever. Yeah, I've got um, that all in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's already in my head. It's 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 already just floating around there. And I, I told have, him too he should just put I, he should put I up a um, every branch and how every branch should be cut and how every branch should be laid. Because I got a little O C D in me. So yeah. Well and and the one thing he can do too is if he takes the first part, sets a timer and see just how long it takes him to do the first part, then yeah. he can, then he can know how long the whole actually thing is going to take him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll do only just, uh, just do this part. That's all I want you to do, you know? And, and then all of a sudden he gets going and gets excited and he gets into it and he starts doing see, more. I think it would be awesome if he did a time lapse video of himself doing it. Yeah. Well, actually our son is now doing it. He got the chainsaw out and our, my son was chopping up when I got home um, from dinner or from lunch today. And so um, he has actually proactively done something without me telling him to do it, which is really awesome. So maybe it's part of your group. Congratulations. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe me giving him hell on the show yesterday. Wait, you're saying that your son <laughs> has been doing it or Tom has been doing it. But he's instigated it and gotten the equipment ready for him to do it and told him how to do it. Okay. That's all I asked him to do. Okay. That's all I asked him to do. I didn't ask him to do it. I just asked him to get it done. 
you know, that's all, you know, because I'm allergic to cedar trees for some reason. They I break out when I start dealing with them. Really? So I can't, yeah. So I can't deal with them. Huh. It's like poison ivy for me. Really? Yeah. You know, so why, why, I know at Home, I I know at home Depot they sell those hazmat suits. So yeah, you can just get, I, get just get a hazmat it's, suit, it's even South though Carolina, it's, it's like 120. I was just gonna say us. it's only like yeah. 120 out there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. If it could be 120, it's 120. It's ridiculously, it's oppressive heat right now. Oh yeah, man. my son was out there. He's worn out. He's already in bed now. He's you know wow. it's in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. So um, you were telling me I think a bit ago. There are a couple other things I wanted to to talk about. Um, it. When you got uh, Tom uh, the the microphone and stuff for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm wondering. Wait, did we talk about this in the pre-show before we hit record, or was this already talked about? I don't know. I don't know either. About it in the pre-show. Or so not. let's talk about it really quickly. Okay, um, sure. Because you know, if if we already did talk about it, um, you know, there were probably some listeners if they're still listening. Um, yeah. Well, maybe spaced out during that moment. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were distracted. So here, here's to us. Um, yeah. So he said to to you that you're having no part of his podcast. No part of it. No part no of it. No part of it. It was his thing because his thing was ADHD people. His thing was a blog. His thing was a book that I could sometimes be on it occasionally. But we wound up it was like christmas or something and we just wound up doing one together and it was just such a blast and it turned out so well he's like i can't imagine doing it without you you know and after the first like couple i heard i uh you know i i messaged tom uh on facebook and i and i you know i was just thrilled i thought that it sounded awesome and i said to him like wow, like this must be doing such amazing things for your guys marriage oh yeah because we have something because he won't go out and do anything So it's like, you know, like yesterday we did two podcasts and it was like way better than going to a movie, you know, and I'm frugal. I'm I'm extremely cheap. I'm obsessively cheap. And so I'm always pinching a penny. And so I'm like, well, this is, you know, this we just saved like, you know, 25 bucks going to the movies, you know, where we wouldn't talk to each other. We just sit in a chair in a seat and be uncomfortable and buy overpriced popcorn, you know, and so. You know, to us, it, it brought us closer and it's an activity that we get together and we talk about and that, you know, he does more than I do. I, I just kind of come in and sit down and just go because I like it to be spontaneous. I can't I, I don't like things to be. Uh, Yvonne, you deserve that. <laughs> I let him do all the hard work for everything. All just in all the other because areas he doesn't of mind life. Doing it, well, yeah, because right. I do everything else around the house. He can do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even know what our bills are. You know, he doesn't know how much our electric bill is. I mean, he has he has no clue to any anything or finances or how the groceries get there. They just get there, you know, and stuff like that. You know, there's. I just, do know he appreciates you though. Oh, he does. Yeah. He'd be crushed without me. Yeah. Cause he, he wouldn't be able to function because I allow him to function or not function, you know, to do what he wants to and give him the freedom to do it and not give him a hard time. Except when it comes to over too much video games, that gets me when he's playing too many video games. Mm-hmm. Cause one time he got carpal tunnel from playing rock band or some kind of arm injury. And he said it wasn't from it, but I know it was from that game and he almost had to get our MRI and he missed work. Oh. Yeah, from playing video games, you know. Video games are dangerous. They're dangerous, yeah. Well, if you play them for like 12 hours at a time, you know. So I I never saw him. He was just playing video games all the time. I was like, this is ridiculous, you know. 
So, but he's learned to curtail that and this stuff, the podcast keeps our focus on each other. And that's good because that's, that's, you know, that's productive. He's creating something and mm-hmm. that's, and, yeah. it's, and it's, a, it's, it's a value. I mean, I know I look forward mm-hmm. to it and I know if I, if I'm like, wait a minute, is something wrong with my, my podcast feed? If I don't see an episode when I'm expecting mm-hmm. one, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll message him like, what, what's going on guys? What, where, where's yeah. my episode? I need, I need my, my time nerd down show fix. It really okay, is. It's, it's a great show. It. No, I do. I, I love it. Please don't stop. Oh, good. Sometimes I think, God, people can't be interested in this. Yeah, they, they are, I, I got to be irritated by hearing us argue. No, no, it's it's the best. It's the best because <laughs> like I feel like I shouldn't be listening to this. Like, do they, they realize they recorded this and put this out there for people to hear? <laughs> and that's what I love about it. It is so so real. I love it. I, I hear a it. lot of like, yeah, me and my wife do the same thing, you know, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, I think it's universal. It's not so much too ADHD, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, ADHD, you know, is brought up, you know, quite a bit in the show, but it's not really so much. It's a kind of an everybody's kind of show mm-hmm. more so than an ADHD show. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of agree to that. Yeah. We bill it as one, but it's really not. Cause we'll do topics that, you know, like last, uh, last one we did was on cliches that we didn't like, you know, and that's not ADHD, you know, it's not mindfulness or, you know, whatever executive functioning or, you know, anything, <laughs> any of these big words, you know, we, we don't get into any of that at all. I, I love you know? how, I love how uh, squeamish Tom gets when we're talking about the brain and about science of the uh, science of ADHD. A, I, tr- trust me, you, you've lost him. If you started talking about that, his head is somewhere else. So you gotta, you gotta, you're going to have to keep him uh, engaged because it's going to be really hard to keep his head in the game because that drives him crazy. Although he did tell me um, that he recently went back to listen to some of my earlier episodes. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's episode eight where I talk about motivation and the, bra- uh-huh. and the brain. And I like did these like like voice roles where I played like the role of dopamine and uh, oh. and like the frontal cortex using like music behind it. And he told me he liked it. So, you know, yeah. I it was it was um i haven't done you've helped him a lot no he's he's he knows a lot more you know about about things about adhd and technical things and hopefully he'll work on them before he was just satisfied just to be what he was and and just deal with you know not being able to go out or not being able to you know do the things with me that he you know that he wants to please me but he can't you know or fix things that he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be fixing or or whatever and doing his part, you know, around the house, you know, so, you know, I, I think that it's going to help him. I think, you know, he's really taking it seriously. He's doing his homework. I know he but is. I, he I mean, a it's a special notebook and which, I, I, uh, yeah. you know, it just like, you know, he's so excited about it and, and he really likes the people in the, in, in your, uh, in your group and everything like that. So, you know, he, uh, you know, he's committed. So once he commits to something, mm-hmm. he generally does it once he gets his foot going. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great having him in the group and it's in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, it's an exciting challenge for me too. And I, and I told him that too. It's like, yeah, he's the toughest. If yeah. you can get somewhere with him, it's a, uh, it's a good thing you. that man, it's a good I, thing. I, I like him. Anything. <laughs> I don't expect anything. I don't see him ever changing, but you know, well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to change who he is. I just, is. I just want to supercharge his awesome. That's what I want to do. That's good. That's a good way to say it. That's definitely a good way to put it. And really the things that I the, awesome. the think, the things that I see him uh, being able to do is, is really in that realm uh, is have help mm-hmm. him do more of the things he already does really well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe as a side product, to maybe help out a little more on the house. But I'm not going to deal with that directly. No, because uh-uh. he, he's like a, he'll be like an oppositional kid, off. and and he'll you know as soon as you tell him to you know empty the dishwasher, he's going to just say no, make me. He's very ODD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely he definitely has that characteristic. So I want to. Um, one more topic I want to talk with you about is because you mm-hmm. said that because anxiety is a big part of, of uh, your life, that mindfulness. Yeah, it's my nemesis right now. Yeah, it's yeah. my nemesis. Yeah, it sure is. Talk to me, Yvonne, about about um, how you experience anxiety and how you use mindfulness to help yourself. Um, you know, I uh, the, the big thing is um, – my head will start racing all the things I have to do, you know, then you're like, uh, well, I'm just a piece of crap because, you know, I did this, I'm not worth anything. Cause I, you know, I start self-talking myself into a negative way. Um, you know, it's just, I don't want to feel like this. The anxiety is there regardless of what I do or what I think about. It's just a physical thing that happens to me. And I found meditation, is um, something that's just working for me. I mean, I take medication, but medication will only take you halfway there, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, meditation, as silly as it sounds, it's just, you know, it works, you know. Um, How do you practice cold it? Baths and um, usually dark room, uh, you know, TV sometimes on, sometimes off. Sometimes the TV on can distract me from my anxiety. So I use, you know, television to help me with my anxiety a lot. Mm-hmm. It's my crutch. It used to be carbs would be like ice cream or something like that. But I can't just sit there and balloon up to 400 pounds, you know, and, you know, just eat ice cream for anxiety, you know, although it, it works. But for the moment. Yeah, for the moment. It's just it's like a heroin addiction for me anyway chocolate and stuff like that. So I've gotten off that and we've been on diets, but uh, the meditation and, and stopping myself from thinking things, um, stopping the loop, the tape in my mm, head, the mm-hmm. bad loop that goes on, you know, you know, first it's my mother and then it's, you know, work, then it's, you know, my son, then it's, you know, whatever. And then I just start this loop of eternal mm-hmm. anxiety over all mm-hmm. these different things. It's a house, things that are not done in the house, things are not, you know, I'm not living up to certain standards. I'm not, you know, where I need to be. Finances, all this stuff just starts going racing through my head and won't stop. Once my ADD medicine is over and mm-hmm. it's time for bed, it's, it's, it's crazy town yeah. up here. And so, you know, I, you know, take the medication, which kind of takes a little bit of the edge off of it. And then I do meditation, you know, the relaxation meditation, you know, where you slowly, you know, Loosen your muscles in your face and loosen your muscles in your hands. Okay, and so that's that's the, yeah, the whole thing. progressive muscle relaxation. Yeah. So it's kind I, of going through a, a whole body scan where you take different muscle groups throughout your body mm-hmm. as you're breathing and uh, tense them for a few seconds, mm-hmm. um, holding that, that breath in while you're tensing your muscles and then completely relax the muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite one is when I'm working with, uh, especially with kids, and I'm, and I'm doing this, is to to, mm-hmm. to make the the funny face, you know, because you scrunch your face like really, really mad, and you know, so it looks totally awkward and strange. Yeah, but one, of, but one of the things that that happens is that you know, people sometimes don't realize that they're that they have a stressed look on their face, and that there's a muscle component to that. And if you can trigger mm-hmm. muscles to 
uh, connect a certain sensation with relaxation when you start actually cre- making that uh, kind of that anger, uh, an angry expression or a worry expression. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're associating this with a progressive muscle relaxation, when you start getting tense, this cues your body to say, oh, I should take a breath. Yeah. Well, I've also tried the um, power pose mm-hmm. at work, the I am Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and I'll go like to an area where no one can really see me, and I'll like pump up my chest and stand up straight, and I am Wonder Woman, I am invincible, this kind of self-talk, like mantras. Yeah, there was, a, then, uh, who, there was a TED Talks, uh, uh, something Cuddy, McCuddy's, uh, great Brown TED Talks. talks about it too, mm-hmm. you know, um, but a couple other, yeah, places. Well, it's that, true, because uh, there is a... a absolute feedback loop between our mind and our body and our body and our mind. I mean, we all know mm-hmm. that I just thought, what was it? Who what was it? That, that Snoop Dogg, my mind and my money and my money and my mind. And that, that just <laughs> yeah. kind of came to my head. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's this feedback loop, you know, so when we, most people have heard this idea that if you just kind of force yourself to smile, you actually create mm-hmm. the chemicals in your brain uh, related to happiness. The mm-hmm. reason that one is easy to do because the muscle sequence for smiling is an easy one to fake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our, our brain recognizes that, but yeah. that, that works with every emotion, but, our, yeah. but you have to sequence the, the muscles in the correct way for the brain to kind of recognize it as it kind of the, the signature, the body signature for that, for that emotion. So, the reason this is all relevant to mindfulness and meditation is when part of, of mindfulness is it's noticing, it's paying attention, it's doing mm-hmm. so with, with curiosity and without judgment. So, you know, if you're having all these, these thoughts that are going racing through your head, you know, instead of judging the thought and trying to force yourself to stop having the thoughts, because if you're telling yourself, stop having this thought, now you're just thinking you're still about having it. Yeah. Right. You, you know, it's, it's the pink elephant it's experiment. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the, the pink elephant experiment is, well, if you tell someone to think about a pink elephant, okay, fine. They got the image of it. Now think about anything but the pink elephant. The only way to know if you're not thinking about the pink elephant is you have to be thinking just about the think pink elephant. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to push it, the thought away, change the perspective of it, notice it, observe it like a third person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you can say, oh, I'm noticing a, a worry thought. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and even just the idea of, if we think about a thought as it's this crazy uh, neurochemical electrical reaction that somehow mixes up together and is stamped with language so we can make sense of it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, that is truly amazing. So if we think about if we have a negative thought, we could say we can just in a truly mindful place of gratitude just say, thank you for the thought. The thought, the fact that we're having a thought means that we're alive, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. I think it's really important to to look at the, that perspective of just because we think it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's true just because we yeah. feel it doesn't mean it's true you know it's it's so our our thoughts can are, are powerful things and and sometimes we're not always aware of how it affects us um i know i've mentioned on a past uh, episode the uh, the book 10 percent happier um which you can get on audible um the the author uh 
Dan, I think something. I, I'm glad that I can remember the name of the mm-hmm. <laughs> the book. Ten percent happier. Yeah, ten percent happier. So the the author talks about um, one of the the phrases he uses, and actually, what he wanted to name the book this, but the publisher didn't go for it. Was my inner voice is an asshole. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I really hate that. Asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. You know, that, so I that, think that about nails it for me. Yeah, thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, but when you can re, so when you can re, change it from it being you to this other entity. And then, th- you know, and I encourage people yeah. to name the entity, give it a very neutral name, Bob, Dan, John. I just, um, I don't know why I'm only, only Not naming like girls names. or something like that. Right. No. Like, like give it a name that has no positive or negative association with anyone. Name it. And mm-hmm. then so when that, that voice starts acting up again, you could mm-hmm. say, you know, so if you name, if you name your, your voice, say Shirley, I don't know. Uh, you could say, all right, Shirley, I, I, I got this. Okay. It's like, right. uh, thank you for your input. I, I'm, I'm going to take care of this. So you, that's agna- a good idea. So you acknowledge it. You're mm-hmm. not trying to push it away. Cause it's, you, here's the thing. You can't control those automatic thoughts. You can only control what you do immediately following that thought. Right. Yeah. Not crawl on a ball and just let it go in your head. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. You can notice the desire. You can notice that, that, you know, if you're, if yours is, is short, paralyzing. Yeah. It, it paralyzes be. you. It can be, it can be. Yeah. Um, no, and I, and I've gone through periods of high anxiety in my life. So I, I definitely know how, how challenging that could be. It's especially when, when there's a lot of physical uh, anxiety to it as well. Oh yeah, definitely. 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 So that's, that's the monkey on my back right now. I'm trying to cure, but, you know, and I'm in a new job that's highly stressful, you know, that I'm trying to learn. And mm-hmm. when I get better at it, mm-hmm. the anxiety will go down. So I just say, I'm getting better. I'm learning more. I'm so much better than I was last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm much better. I doubled my knowledge last week. I doubled my knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. double it, you know, and, and so I think about what I did and, you know, to kind of make me feel like, you know, not what I don't know, but mm-hmm. what I have, what I do know. That, yeah, that, that perspective kind of shift can, better. yeah, that, that change of perspective can change so much. Um, yeah. you, you know, that, like what, what a Chinese finger trap is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, anxiety is kind of like that. The harder you pull, the tighter it gets, right? What mm-hmm. you, what, when we look at treatments for anxiety, the thing that you want to do most, you know, run away from the anxiety, avoid the thing that's causing the anxiety, escape the anxiety. Cause it, you know, ice cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to scream running out of work. I just want to scream and right. run. Right. And yeah. the, th- the thing is, is that it works for the moment. But next time it's... you're triggered by something, you're right back where you are. Yeah. So from a from a therapeutic perspective, what we try to do is is help clients lean into that anxiety and actually intentionally increase it and try to sit with it for as long as they can tolerate. Because what will happen is our brain will get the signal, wait a minute, nothing dangerous is actually going on right here. Because our our Brain cannot maintain that level of arousal. It cannot maintain that heightened state of, of anxiety, especially when, when you're intentionally leaning into it, even though it sucks, right? Yeah, I can't imagine doing that. So in, I got so much material. <laughs> just new material is going to come up, you know? Just something else is going to take its place. Right. And, P- and, and therapists who work just with um, uh, anxiety will uh-huh. even tell their clients, like, we're not here to talk about the content that's making you anxious. Like, we're, it's not because it's not about the content. 
It doesn't yeah. matter that it's the the mess. It's not that's not what it's about. It's not about your the, your your mother in law. It's not about the whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. it's the anxiety. It's the feeling behind it and our interpretations of those feelings. Um, and so that's it's it's otherwise it gives the what happens is is our we get we have a thought and that thought triggers a signal and and, and a signal immediately. Uh, jacks up our our nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And oh, yeah. and so we start paying attention to it, and we start doing different things in order to to um, try to alleviate this this feeling because the feeling is very unpleasant. So the brain learns that oh, I should keep sending you those signals because you're paying attention to them. I must be doing a good job. I'll keep sending you those signals that making you yeah. feel anxious. <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's truly in the very in the real sense of the word, it's it's the the therapeutic approach is to rewire the brain you have to, you have to unlearn you have to change the behavioral responses and it's hard and uh yeah. you know people who I'm are just beginning i'm in the baby stages of, of dealing with that kind of stuff and, and looking at it in new terms and not just mm-hmm. looking at it medically you yeah. know looking yeah at it more and I, you know i learned i guess I began to learn mindfulness meditation when I was in grad school, when I was, when I was laid off from, from an internship and I thought, Oh my God, I'm not going to graduate. Like I, I, mean, I was, I was kind of freaking uh, yeah. out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that's where I learned um, meditation. And one of the things that recently I, I realized is that because I'll, I'll get these periods of anxiety and because I've learned to not judge the anxiety, just notice it. Don't judge it. Just kind of sit with it. In a sense, you give it a hug instead of pushing it away. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized one day, I'm like, you know, I'm hugging this anxiety a lot. And it's actually been kind of intense lately. How long has this been going on for? It's because I was so non-judgmental of the anxiety that I actually didn't realize that it sort of became a problem again. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a really just from, you know, from being someone that struggles with some of the stuff and being a clinician. I just found that really interesting. You know, it's like. That it still happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like beyond of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, anxiety is, uh, is man, it, it can, it can be a beast. It can be a beast, oh, but, it is but, a beast. It, but it can get better. And that's the thing that's really important yeah. to understand. Um, and for me too, it's the, uh, what, one of the things that helped me is I, and I think I talked about this in my last episode, uh, was I decreased my medication, my, my, uh, my Adderall. Um, and then yeah. I, and then I increased it. Not, it's not to the same dose that I was on before, but it's, uh, it's, I, I was originally on 60 milligrams. I'm just telling my personal, I'm not recommending lot, yeah. anything for anyone. Right. Yeah. So just for me personally, I was taking 60 milligrams of, of XR and I was on that for a long time and I was doing really well. With that, I was having a lot of like really, really bad anxiety where I would spend like mm-hmm. uh, like hours just looking up uh, psychiatrists, but then never taking action on it. I mean, that's oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> talk about anxiety and ADHD, right? Um, yeah, I totally get it. Um, so I, uh, I I called my my doctor and, and uh, well, first I just cut the, the Adderall in half. So it's on 30 milligrams. Help the anxiety didn't help the ADHD. Um, yeah, so I was that's not- the thing is the ADHD causes anxiety because your head's going in so many different mm-hmm, directions mm-hmm. that it actually calms you down, mm-hmm. and that's what they the what it helps me. Mm-hmm. Mine is the wear off time when it wears off. That's mm-hmm. when my anxiety hits. Yeah, yeah. When it wears off, and so I was at a month at thirty milligrams, and I was uh, I was sort of just getting through the day. I was just taking care of what was right in front of me, and then I was able to. I got my my dosage changed. I'm on fifty milligrams, and it's made a world of difference. My anxiety is very yeah. very minimal. 
Um, uh, I feel much more focused. I'm able to think beyond today. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, that's one of the big things that that, AD, that the medication has done is allows me to think beyond today. Um, and otherwise, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, not even just that. It's just like my brain feels clear in how it thinks when mm-hmm. you know. But it's. I guess in some ways I thought that I was just, you know, I was the exception that I've been on the same dose of the same medication for a really long time. Uh, I started on Adderall in college and I've been with that for, except for a period of two months ever since. And, you know, that's not usual. And no, uh-uh. that so I guess I'm pretty unextraordinary when it comes to some of these medications. They say issues. you need less as you get older too. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, the, the brain continues to develop. and um, For me, the booster pill kind of cured a lot of it, you yeah. know, for me. You know, kind of stopped me from spinning and, you know, getting on task and staying on task. Because it was really hard because of the stress that mm-hmm. I wasn't staying on task. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole I don't want to be here. I hate everyone. I can't believe anybody's talking to me kind of thing. The ADD. What is that? What does it make you hate people when you're on, when you're ADD? You know, and you like, but you love people. No, you're talking like when you're coming off the medication. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you I, I had a client last everyone or everything, and everything irritates the hell out of you. I had a client last week uh, um, who was sharing that very same thing with me, and that's a common experience. And what I tell people is that, like, you know what? That's if that's happening often. That's a side effect that we probably shouldn't tolerate and that we should, you know, go talk to the doctor and see. If oh, really? we can, yeah. Cause I mean, if it's, I mean, if it's, if it's isolated to maybe a 30 minute window, that's one thing. But if it's like, that's how you feel like, cause the way this one client described it to me is like, I've been productive, but I hate everybody. I don't want to be with anyone. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. Well, actually taking the booster cures it for me. It's when it wears off, I start hating everybody, yeah. you know, it kind of, hmm. yeah. So, um, but you know, it's just cause it's distracting me, you know, from my distractions. <laughs> it's just more. It's, it's, it's very it's meta. Yeah. <laughs> meta distractions. So speaki- speaking of meta distractions, I think it's a uh, time that we uh, move into the last part of the show. Uh, and this yeah. is the part of the show that we call, the random question round. Random this is question round. Okay. This, so it sounds like you never made it this far through the show. So this is no, the part of the show. I, I don't because I'm ADD and I start <laughs> looking at stuff and then I go, oh, that's interesting. I'll look that up and then I go to on the internet and start looking stuff up and then, yeah. So <laughs> and start researching whatever you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I do Yvonne, so since, since you I haven't made it. I've ever heard one of your entire shows. I just, just partials. Well, welcome <laughs> to the last part. Cause this is the part of the show that has nothing to do with ADHD, which then paradoxically has everything to do with ADHD. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. I think so. Come up with an invention that would improve something in in people's lives uh a hybrid a hybrid bean or corn product that would grow with no water interesting why because it would feed people and stop starvation that's awesome that's awesome I don't know. Is that where we're supposed to go with these kind of questions? You can go wherever you want with it. Oh, okay. And, and, then, and then what I what I try to do is, and I I try to go um, create tangential questions based mm-hmm. on your answer. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, my next question is, if you were to build a house out of corn stalks, how, how many, one, do you think you'd be able to do it? Oh, absolutely. Already planning it now. <laughs> Please walk us through that. Well, I've got to bundle it somehow. Okay. So I've got to get twine and I got to bundle it and I'm going to make separate bundles that are very strong. And corn is going to be vertically strong versus horizontally strong because a horizontal cylinder is much stronger than something that is horizontal. So I have to somehow figure out how to engineer that. And uh, obviously I can use the stalks in a uh, certain formation for the roofing and so forth, but the leaves, if they're in the right direction. And, Do you, you know, think that you would that. you would be able to use only the materials that come with the, the, the corn from the root up? And, and build something. I, I could probably make the twine out of the stalks by just peeling off the, yeah, peeling off parts of it and making the twine. It would be very labor intensive. It would probably be more productive to buy twine. <laughs> cost effective versus cost versus labor. I don't know what you call that scale or whatever. The cost, the, cost benefit or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after you've created your your corn house and okay. um, you decided that you want to kind of set up some nice stuff in, in in the house and you think you know I'm gonna create this biofueled uh, it's gonna be powered by bio biofuel so you have the fuel ready to go just from the corn and um, you're gonna get some some podcasting equipment to bring into your corn hut house and you're gonna create your very own podcast. What's going to be the name of your podcast? And what is it going to be about? <laughs> uh, staying corny with Yvonne. I don't know. <laughs> well played. It has to be, yeah, I don't know. A kernel of thought. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for puns. Like I, I love it. I, I'm a pun freak. Oh, I yeah, love it. I love I, it. Yeah. I, I can do we should, I should like do a pun round. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I gotta think round. about. It. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, in the uh, Zoom meeting, that'd be great. A pun round. Oh, the, the idea is gonna stalk in my brain for a while. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just stalling, so you come up with that one. <laughs> um, I, I think we're gonna end it there. I'm feeling a little husky right now because I ate oh. too much. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make you feel like you, have to, you want to pop <laughs> back to corny all right <laughs> uh, all right i feel like if we go any longer we're going to be burning the midnight oil sure and it's getting hot up here without the air <laughs> i start smelling tom's stuff now that the air conditioning's off cue the outro music <laughs> yvonne um do you want people to reach you um, they can give me on uh, Facebook, ADHD people, um, leave comments there. I, I, I do that. Um, friend request me. That's great. You know, um, ADHD rewired community as well. Um, in that group. Um, uh, also, um, lawyers, uh, um, Gina Fenton's, uh, extreme mom warriors uh, mm -hmm. club. I'm in that as well. I've, I've heard some so. good things about that club. Yeah, we're crazy. we're crazy. I understand bitches. that uh, I'm excluded from membership. <laughs> yeah, you're too clean. You're too white bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was because of my gender. Uh, no, no, you could still be in it. Totally. Oh, okay. Tom's in it. Tom's in it. Yeah. 
well if the if the requirements are are not clean and uh then sure um you have to be I, a potty mouth to be in the wires <laughs> <laughs> yvonne thank you so much for coming on the show i'm glad we oh, I this. It. i had a great time and thank at some point me. at some point in the future i'm gonna have both of you guys on because that's gonna be oh, a riot yeah. so thank you and thank you for taking care of tom Oh, well, thank you for all the good advice. I really appreciate it, Eric. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of ADHD Rewired. And if you're new to the show, welcome to ADHD Rewired. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. You can see a full outline of this and all other episodes with all the links and other resources mentioned during this interview at ADHDrewired.com. Help support this podcast by checking out my sponsors. I use Zoom video conferencing nearly every day and so can you. Go free or go pro, but please go to ericktippers.com slash Zoom so they know that I sent you. And you can get a free audiobook from Audible at ericktivers.com slash Audible. And next time you shop Amazon, use the Amazon search portal at ADHDrewired.com. A small percentage of your purchase will go to support this show. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. You can also support this podcast by leaving an honest rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher. This really helps other people find this show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't just be a passive listener. Be an active member of the ADHD Rewired community. We are on Facebook. You can like our page, but please submit your request to join our free and growing community. And don't forget to check your other inbox because I screen everybody before they come into our community. Looking for a coach? If you're still listening at this point and you answered yes, come to my website at ADHDrewire.com and schedule your free 20-minute consultation or call me at 224-993-9450. Is your school, business, or organization hiring speakers? I provide fun and engaging presentations full of practical solutions that both educate and entertain. Hire me for your next professional development day or corporate training event. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash talks. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week.